Welcome to Wobbies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light Finger Thief. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. <laughs> so, Logar, I know that you and I both run uh, different games, and we also run different adventures for multiple games. So I was curious on your thoughts. We were looking at uh, a certain what, vlog. Yeah, a, a YouTube video. His name is Matt Colville. I think a lot of people that game may be familiar with him. I've seen some of his videos in the past, but not many, maybe like one or two here and there. Cause I hundred percent, I just don't watch YouTube often. I'm not a, I'm not very YouTube. Uh, what's the word savvy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't follow podcasts or vlogs just cause I don't have time usually. So I don't get into those as much, but this one popped up and I thought it was interesting. It's a video. It's called the problem with talking about D and D. And what he says is that we're all playing different games at our tables. All of us, despite using the same rule set, we have some different approach. And I've played with a lot of different game groups in the past and seen very different approaches to the exact same games. And one of those things is that, some, you know, there are more combat oriented groups. There are more tactical oriented groups, more of like rule. What's the word I'm looking for? Rule heavy groups, crunchy groups, rule light groups. There are role play oriented groups, et cetera, et cetera. And what he proposes is that maybe not all modules cater to all those different styles of play and groups. And having some sort of way, he suggested a color-coded way. I think there might be a better way to do that, but some sort of, maybe even a labeling system. A some type of system, yeah. Maybe a way to define, define the elements that people tend to have heavier at their table or, you know, in one way or another. You have the introduction of games like Powered by the Apocalypse and um, what's the other one? Um, there's another one that's real big that's with like things like Fate and stuff like, like that. I was, that I was thinking about Fate, yeah. Change the way they approach, people approach games and those those elements of those games have been infused to forms of D&D and you can see all these smaller games that have those different elements. One of the things about this, some of the smaller independent games that kind of take it in the directions that fit their table more but when you're picking up an adventure, someone has made a module for D&D or an old school game like, or any of those games, like, is there a way to tell if it's going to be role play heavy, like social interactions are we going for, or are we going for more of a, a strategic play? What does this module have? And I think that's a good idea defining those and being able to have a way to say, oh, well, yeah, our group does better with just role play heavy modules where it's character interactions and less fighting and stuff like that yeah i think that's a good idea so you know you have a standard i'm going to make it up you know four categories that you might talk about right you know combat investigation exploratory crunchy and then you can you know score each of the modules based on that standard category and then people can get a good idea of okay is this going to be more heavy on exploring or more heavy on the um, interactions with npcs or like you said more heavy of just straight up grinding combat so i think that will help guide people because i know i have a hard time selecting modules so it's like okay do i buy this module and then i buy it and read it i'm like oh shoot this doesn't really fit my game group or my campaign for example yeah i think that he's on to something i think that was his intent of putting the video out was hopefully people would start talking about that kind of thing and maybe something can come out of it and my idea to talk about this so normally we do our random rolls on friday but this friday 
we're going to talk about this video that I just saw instead. So next week, we'll be back to random rolling. We plan. <laughs> As we're you know planning a random roll, you know, this is an idea that we can try to incorporate into the module that we're rolling up for all of you listeners as well, too, in terms of, you know, maybe we'll try to have a little uh, background in terms of the type of adventure that it is with some standard categories, as well as maybe we build in a couple of features that people can be like, oh, well, my party is more into... I'm going to make it up um, role-playing and interacting with NPCs. Maybe we have an extra block in there that says, if your party likes doing that type of role-playing R-O-L-E, you know, we've added, you know, five NPCs for you to interact with to get to your quest or something like that. So it's something that we might be able to do as well too. We'll have to experiment and play with it and see what works. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing that's being done right now in the hobby. And I think that that would be interesting to see maybe some sort of agreement communally, like like coming up with, oh, okay, you know, similar to how like different labels have popped their way out. Like there's the OSR and there's different variations and subclasses emerging of different things. I don't know. I, I don't know how you would begin to do that aside from, like you said, taking a few different categories and, and focusing on those and be able to read in the back. Well, this is role play heavy. This is strategy heavy. This is dungeon crawl heavy or even a, a great a rating system on those like one to ten or something like right exactly we have categories and how much social interaction it is because i know you know we can come up like i said with some standard categories have a one to five scale and then go from there you know i'm thinking about like you know when we go by like sriracha is it gonna be spicy or very spicy so is this yeah. adventure gonna be spicy or very spicy you know <laughs> or do we add elements in there that you can turn it from a spicy game to a very spicy game by telling people to change this because a lot of times as dms or game masters we make changes on a fly based on the situation so maybe we build in some of that to help the um, gm running the game be like you want to make it extra spicy try some of this stuff <laughs> And as I'm as a dungeon master, who's I, I've been DMing for uh, thirty plus years at this point, or GMing, whatever you want to call it. Because originally I used to only say GM. I, I had a problem with DM. I was like, I'm not playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm playing this other game. I'm a game master. And then at some point in time, I got resentful for the fact over the fact that there was a, an intellectual property slap on the term DM, and I intentionally made this shift to using the term DM, dungeon master to defy that ownership of the word <laughs> <laughs> like i i'm claiming back that the uh, man i'm gonna own that i own the d it's like no it's a word you cannot own the word Hasbro no no owns it. <laughs> yeah no i mean i i i i've been using so you know for me when i say dm i'm referring to fantasy type of games when i use gm then i'm referring to other games where it's non-fantasy or non-hasbro type so that's that's how i've been using it so i'm trying to use gm because we play other games that are, are non-fantasy as well, too. And people use terms like referee or storyteller as well. And I think that says something that might even be revealing of what type of game along the spectrum of games that person may be running. Certainly. Yeah. Some people fancy themselves more of like a, a book author or a movie direct, film director or something like that than, than a, uh, a a gamer, like that a strategy game. I I like exploring different aspects of the game and seeing what works. And I've noticed that different parties like of players respond differently to different things over the years there. I have my strong points and each player has their own strong points and ways that they contribute. I've seen people come into games 
where everybody plays so differently than them that I think they aren't the best fit and they might not be as into that game. And I've joined a lot of groups over the years that play very differently than anything I'm used to. And I've picked up stuff off them as well. Yeah. I think, you know, we've alluded to this before, you know, just having a diversity of styles makes the game more interesting and fun because, you know, if everybody's the same type, uh, it, it might, you know, make the game a little bit stale or you might get stuck in trying to solve certain challenges within the game. So the varying different styles of play, if you're making a module, I used and mentioned four things. One of the things I noticed that you left out that I didn't hear you specifically address is things like um, puzzles. Like I know a lot of people, I've definitely been no gamers and DMs that like to focus on doing puzzle type gaming and adventure. That can be a lot of fun too but it seems like a different style of play itself as well. And depending on what your table does well with, some tables will do great with puzzles. Some just want to roll a 20-sided die right. and run it against your DC or DL or whatever the term DC is challenge. DC yeah. challenge. And uh, roll against that number and boom, it's solved instead of trying to solve it. I prefer, one of the things I like in game is when the players are interacting and discussing it and trying to figure out what they're presented with. That's the way I like to run a game. I love to hear the discussion between players more than anything when that's happening. And I'm not saying anything as a DM and the game's carrying on without my interaction, except for the occasional question. I think that's a successful game. That's where I want to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, um, you're right. Cause I personally, there's puzzling games. I don't like, I like solving mysteries in game, but I hate solving specific puzzles in game. And the reason why is, I'm usually so fried after work from trying to solve problems at work. I don't really want to solve complicated problems <laughs> when I'm role-playing as my relaxation time. So I don't want to use my brain like that. Um, however, I do enjoy solving mysteries within the game, but I don't like solving specific puzzles where like, oh, you must find this to go into hole number four and then turn this dial. And yeah, that type of puzzles I don't like. So that's why I didn't mention it as <laughs> that category. So I guess... That it is depends. a category that you would probably avoid those modules, I'm assuming. <laughs> I do. Because it takes more prep as well, too, to try to map out the scenarios for it. So I don't enjoy those because I don't have much brain power in that standpoint coming off of, you know, coming off of work. So but that's me personally. Looking at these different styles of play, I think that what, like like I said earlier, I think that what Matt Colville was saying is that he kind of wanted to see that idea out there in the general community, I think that he wanted to see what people would come up with and think of as approaches to kind of present this. And I don't have a solution or a specific, a specific idea. The best idea I have is maybe printing on there on the back cover. I think the easiest way to do it would be, Oh, this is a role play heavy strategy light or strategy medium game or strategy heavy your light medium heavy would be a good gauge i feel and you yeah. can use variations of role play puzzle strategy combat dungeon delving etc and whatever the strengths are of that module can just be written on there in that style or that or that to describe the style that seems like a good way to approach it i feel I can read that clearly because it's just could be written in English, like role play, light, combat, heavy scenario. Good way to tell me what I'm getting into. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for me, I do it with a table and a bar chart or numbers, but I'm also an engineer. So that's what I'm used to seeing. I feel that. So yeah. And there's a difference here. I feel that a table and a bar chart and numbers I would get used to and figure out. 
but just having that simple explanation would be the easiest way for me to pick up and do it. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to come up with a charge for it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as you can hear, obviously Logo and I, we have difference in our styles and our preferences. So, you know, for him, he prefers a more written descriptive way of doing it for me. I want a table or bar chart, but again, a visual a visual representation, essentially. Correct? Yeah. Visual representation. So, you know, it's, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. We just have different styles of what we respond to. So. And what he suggested was a color coding system. I don't feel that I'm as thrilled about a color code system. Um, I get because I'd have to kind of learn what the color coding was if there was a color code system. And I don't, I just, yeah. <laughs> How would I, I mean, learn? Would I be looking at a website? Would there be a chart to look at to find out what the color code system is? And I'm assuming this would have to be done upon you know, when the publisher is making the book, you'd have to put it on. There's like older modules aren't going to have this rating. Maybe the game stores or people or people talking about about games online could be posting. Oh, OK, here's a classification of where these games fall on. Hey, you want to make some cool blog posts? Address this issue by giving lists of modules that are out there, classifying them and letting people know, like, oh, these are role play heavy. These are combat heavy. These are. And I bet you people would probably get you a little more traffic trying to look up various modules and figure out which ones they want to look at. And if it's easily accessible on your cell phone when you're at the game store and you can Google it and you know you have a central place to look up on a website and see where it lies, I got a, it's a great little website to get you some traffic. Maybe put an ad up there, make a few cents whenever somebody clicks on it. So I was like, if, if, we, have, <laughs> if we have more free time. I don't do have it. time for that. I, I I'm over. I'm over. I'm over. I'm overbooked. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same way. So, you know, maybe at, after we uh, retire, we can, you know, read through modules and categorize them and such. Because I think it'd be fun. I mean, well, like, a, I mean like a Wikipedia is a is a group project, you know, like people put put uh, post the, all these articles from the community. There's not like one person heading something done like Wikipedia or people who have run these could help classify them maybe even through a rating system on the site click this is role play heavy like and it can kind of take how everybody's group perceived it or played it and stuff like that and have some way to make an average of the ratings to represent it could give us an idea just letting the community rate the modules it could be but then the watch out is similar to what he mentioned to on his um, youtube video is you know, everyone has different preferences. Yes. So, you know, they're going to be a little bit subjective. We need to make sure that when we try to score these things, we're being objective and acknowledge that, yes, it may be different. It may not be to our style or liking. Yeah, well, if we're not rating on style or liking. We're rating on the elements of the of the actual game. Yeah. It's not like I like it or dislike it. It's like, yeah, this is very role play heavy or this is very combat heavy. If you like that or not, you can still rate it how heavy it is on those things. Yeah, certainly. That's about all we have time for today. If you enjoyed what you've heard here, please give us a positive review. Places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts give you that option. Those five-star reviews really help us get out there. I want to thank all of you that have given us reviews so much. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And those of you that are supporting us, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And as always, 
keep those dice rolling. And we'll see you guys back next Friday where we'll be rolling our dice for another random adventure.